Hello. Here today, joining us on the Scaramanga podcast, we have Phil Ager, who's the Managing Director of Control Energy Costs, who's going to talk to us about renewable energy and the part it plays in a company's ESG strategy. And I think we can um, say with some certainty that the energy market is going through interesting times at the moment. Hello, Phil. Welcome. Good morning, Claire. Good morning to you. Um, and the so comment about uh, the energy markets being an interesting time, I have to pick up on that, certainly is yes. the case. Yes. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we know that obviously energy control energy costs has a uh, strong focus on promoting renewable energy and net zero. And where, where does that focus come from? Where does it come from? I guess it comes from the fact that um, so our business control energy costs, we provide energy management and procurement services to to businesses of all sorts of shapes and sizes. But as was once put to me, energy is often the kind of entry point into the world of net zero. And as much as it's, it's, it's your energy usage and how much you're paying for energy, that often uh, is the point that people start to consider uh, a net zero um approach or a, a sustainable approach towards their um, or starting their journey on net zero. So I think that's probably where the focus comes from. We're kind of in a, I'm not going to go as far as say as privileged position, but we're in the position of being able to talk to people every time they deal with an energy supply contract renewal when they come to, advice, come to us for advice about how to manage their energy costs in that we can introduce a sustainable converse, energy conversation. And um, when a company is looking at their ESG strategy, so environmental, social and corporate governance, um, how do you think committing to sustainability and net zero help a business with their performance? It's a really good question, that a really, really good question and one that we kind of get asked quite often or I get asked quite often. And I think really what one needs to consider is how um the changing generations and consumers, shall we say, younger generation in particular, are so much more aware of um, the impact that businesses are having on the planet and they're becoming much more discerning and they're making informed decisions about where they want to spend their money, who they want to spend their money with. And indeed, um, if you're a business looking for investment or even looking for um, I don't know, support maybe from, from a bank. I think investors and finance houses are becoming far more aware that if a business doesn't have a an ESG strategy, then there's the possibility that their business model might ultimately, ultimately become, well, to take it to a dramatic sense, obsolete. So it is extremely important that businesses um, have a have a strategy. I think really to make sure that they are in keeping with how the world seems to be thinking now. I mean, I think the majority of corporates are definitely on the page with that. But what about SMEs? Where do you think they are? Should they be focusing more um, on ESG and renewables? Yeah, I mean, as for why corporates are so much more focused on it, I guess that that may come from the fact that for for some time now, Larger corporates have been required to report their um, their emissions and their kind of environmental strategy, their ESG policy, as we're talking about ESG, within their their accounts. They're mandated to report their 
um, their strategy. So being slightly cynical, perhaps in the corporate world, there's been more of a, a requirement for them to do it. Um, but I think with the focus now turning far more on the kind of people and planet side of things, in other words, um, businesses should now be not only focusing on um, their investments from a how much money does this make for me, but their investments on how does this impact on my people and the planet. I think that SMEs really need to be following suit just to keep up with the, the changing world. Um, and, and, I, and I don't think it's going to be that long before the level of or the size of businesses, if you like, that, that are required or mandated to report on their environmental credentials, that threshold starts to get lower. So I suppose I'm saying that more and more um, larger SMEs and it will come down the scale to smaller SMEs will also have to import their financial, sorry, their uh, environmental credentials with their financial credentials each year. Uh, which in turn will allow consumers and investors also to make more of an informed decision about where they want to spend their money or who they want to invest with. Um, ultimately, I think it's a very good thing, but definitely changing times. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, what can businesses in the energy sector, like control energy costs, do to get that green message, that renewable message out to SMEs more? Um, I, I think it's simply have the conversations, keep having the conversations. Again, I'm reluctant to use the word privileged position, but we are in the position of being able to 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 have that conversation with many, many businesses. And it's all about planting the seeds and helping people again, make an informed decision as to why it might be beneficial to to uh, consider um uh, if we're talking about just signing a sub energy supply contract, one that is from renewable sources or green energy contract, as most people would call it. So I think that's that's what we can do to help get the get the get the message across. And, and do you think more SMEs are taking up renewable energy? Uh, I do. I, I, I think probably for two real reasons. One is that um, the difference in cost really between we, it's, well, brown energy is the term, but let's just call it non-green and green. The differential isn't as huge as many, many people think. Sadly, the, the kind of energy crisis, as it were, has made people focusing on costs more than ever. Well, not sadly, that's a simple fact of running a business. Um, but... Um, yeah, I, I, I think all we can do is just keep talking about it, basically. Just keep talking. So as a business, you yourselves, you've made a commitment towards net zero. And what are the steps um, that, that are in place that a business needs to go through to to achieve that? Is it is it is it hard? Is it easy or somewhere in the middle? I guess the simple answer is somewhere in the middle. It's, it's not easy, but why would it be easy really you can certainly do a lot to make it make it easier for yourself um, and i think again in in my experience of these things or the, the experience from our own business but also working with others is the biggest challenge is often gathering the information so um to to start a journey to net to net zero which is which is what we did some time ago the first step is really to calculate what your carbon footprint is 
Um, to be able to calculate your carbon footprint, you need to know a fair bit of data about your your expenditure in various areas of the business, which you would generally find from within your accounts. You need to know what your energy usage is. Um, it's that old adage, really, if you can't measure it, you, you can't control it. So um, it's not easy. But if you're working with a partner, um, and I'm not suggesting for one minute that partner should be us. But if you're working with a partner who can help you understand and work with you to to, to calculate your carbon footprint, then it's absolutely doable for any business. And in my own experience, we um, are often asked to um, we get a lot of people call them doing things, RFQs, but basically requests to provide proposals to provide services for very various businesses. And more now than ever, one of the questions within those uh, RFQs is tell us what your carbon footprint is and tell us what your sustainability policy is or tell us what your ESG credentials are. And you almost rule yourself out of winning business by not having addressed that issue. So for what it's worth, my advice would be that no matter how difficult you may say see it as being, it pays dividends ultimately or you will lose out if you haven't addressed it so that's that's kind of um that's my view um but yeah yeah i mean to literally answer your question um steps to achieving it the first step is to calculate what your carbon footprint is um and then to get to a stage of net zero you need to you need to work with partners within your supply chain to then get them to go through the same process as you so they also understand their carbon footprint because ultimately you can't be net zero until everybody within your supply chain follows that same route and that's probably the biggest challenge out there for all businesses carbon offsets or offsetting um, your carbon footprint or uh, is really only a, a short-term solution a fix while you're sorting out everything else and getting yeah to i mean yeah, yeah you're yeah. yeah quite quite yeah so um so uh, barriers that what barriers have you come across i mean you mentioned about working with your supply chain are there any other barriers and, and do you have any advice for businesses to how to get through those sort of potential blockages when when moving towards net zero yeah i think without doubt the biggest barrier is your supply chain and it's how seriously um your supply chain take your request for the provision of information about their ESG credentials and i think that's that therein lies the issue for smaller business over bigger businesses so the likes of very big corporate organizations you could say wield so much power in as much as if if um you know, you, pick, you took a big supermarket chain were to go to one of their suppliers and, and, and ask them for details about their environmental credentials and things like that, then in all probability that supplier is going to respond to the request from that big supermarket chain. But the further you go down the, <laughs> the food chain, no pun intended, um, the less likely suppliers are going to be to maybe respond to requests of that nature. So for smaller SMEs, and we control energy costs, certainly fall into that business. If we go to some of our suppliers and say, you know, we need to know more about your environmental credentials, what your carbon footprint is, and are you prepared to join us on our journey to net zero? Um, if you look at it in its most simplistic sense, 
we find that most of them don't even bother responding. And the reason they don't bother responding is probably twofold. One is they don't actually have answers to those questions because they haven't done anything about it themselves. Or possibly they're thinking, um, oh, well, I'll, I'll just I'll just ignore it. They're not going to do anything if I don't reply. Um, and I think that um, we and businesses generally are going to have to start making some tough calls. So I says we've already said that as we move into 2023, we are going to start um, making decisions about who we work with within our supply chain to maybe move to different service providers where possible, really, so that we can achieve our own goal of, of getting to net zero. Because I think from our perspective as a business, not having demonstrated that we are doing everything possible to get there will ultimately hinder our ability to win new pieces of business. And I think that principle applies generally to to a number of businesses that perhaps just haven't um, it just hasn't dawned on them yet. Um, and, and, you know, again, I'll, I'll, I'll close that point by touching on the energy crisis. I think that um because businesses are faced with such a huge increase in energy costs with all that's going on in the world, that extra, um, let's just say a few thousand, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be a few thousand, but that extra resources that they need to find to maybe go down a, um, a, a start a net zero journey might just be something that they think, well, we'll leave till a little bit later. The reality, there's a lot you can do to understand your carbon footprint and reduce it without spending any money if you talk to the right people and approach it the right way yeah i mean presumably cutting usage is a good way of of managing your expenditure yeah 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 Yeah. cutting usage i mean never more than now has the whole concept of of uh, looking at how you use it and asking yourself whether you can reduce that usage even down to you and i at home Never yeah. more than now has it has it kind of been on our minds. So, you know, maybe this is a great thing that's coming out of the energy crisis, as it were, because people are suddenly waking up to the idea that you can actually save money by uh, reducing wasted usage. Whereas in the past it was just, oh, I might reduce my my CO2 emissions slightly by doing it. It's funny how money often is the is the, the sort of driving factor behind people's decisions yeah, might, but you know in the world of business i get it yeah it might be the silver lining you have to yeah, find the silver yeah, lining maybe. i suspect we won't yeah. know that for a while but maybe yeah maybe yeah i mean on that note you know with the you know the government has previously made a commitment to uh being net zero by 2050 and the number of climate change targets and we've got pop 27 coming up next month um what what can we do? Do you think will will we achieve it? Do you think we can achieve that target? But you know, I'm I'm certainly not going to sit here and say no, we can't achieve it. We all have to remain positive and um, focused on the fact that we can achieve it. Um, and you know, it's such a cliche, and I I almost hate saying it, but we just all have to have to do our bit to help, as it were. Um, I I, I kind of hang on that point that. You sometimes hear, you certainly hear big organisations say it sometimes, small changes make a big difference. Well, yes, they do collectively, 
but some bigger organisations have the power to make more than just a small change. So, you know, there are lots of big organisations that will hang their hat on, oh, we're making small changes and add that up with what everybody else is doing. It is making a difference. It is, but you could do an awful lot more. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's talk about it, talk about it to, in every op- possible opportunity i think that it should be a subject for discussion in every kind of um meeting not literally every meeting but a team level within a business a board level right the way through have that conversation so it becomes something that you talk about all the time um again i know i've already answered this but will we achieve or will the uk achieve its target by 2050 yes we will we we have to be saying that we have to be saying that Yes, no option other not to. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned about sort of reducing energy com- consumption. You do, what are your sort of top top tips for businesses and maybe also people in the home as to how they can reduce their consumption? Top tips. Yeah. Again, um, it sounds like a cliche, sounds like the obvious. I think we're all very guilty of overlooking the obvious quite often. But um yeah, I'm not going to say switch the lights off because we all know that, but it goes a little bit further. Within our business now, we've made a point of making sure that when people go home at night, they don't just put their PCs on sleep. They turn them off. They turn off their monitors. Um, all, all simple little things like that. And again, I think, you know, if you as a business go through the process of understanding your carbon footprint, the impact that your business has, you will be amazed what little things you can do within your organisation that can change stuff. You really will be surprised. Um, and then I'll also go on to things outside energy, really, um, things that um you know, we probably all do without thinking every day. We often, when we're, if we're in the office, maybe even when we're at home, we go out and we buy a sandwich. We buy a sandwich that's in a plastic packet. We'll buy water that's in a, a water bottle, plastic water bottle. We'll buy a cup of coffee that's in a cup that we think is disposable, but that quite often isn't. Um, just think about what you're doing. Go, go, when you go and buy your cup, cup of coffee, buy yourself a disposable cup. Um, I've quoted this story before, but I know of a couple of um, coffee shops, shall we say, in London now that literally won't sell you a cup of coffee unless you go in there with a with your own cup. That's quite a bold move. But actually, um, I've since read that it's paying dividends because it's raised their profile as an organisation and that's actually brought them more business. Um, just look around you, even when you go shopping to the supermarket. um you know, I know a lot of supermarkets have reduced uh, packaging and have reduced removed carrier bags and things. But just just think about what you're buying. It's a, consumers drive a lot of change. We just need to be aware of what we can do to make it happen. Absolutely. Um, and just um, finally, you've you've been running with a team um, a 30 day challenge with Treakley. Uh, which plants uh, trees as people walk. Um, And how's that been going? 
Um, well, uh, it finished at the end of, um, it finished very recently, and we kind of did it for a bit of fun, really, um, employee engagement, which is always a good thing within a business, but in this case, employee engagement that had kind of a, um, a people and planet, which was a term I used earlier on, benefits, a people and planet benefit, and you know, it's, it was great for well-being. Um, it, 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 there are many people within our business, and actually, we've 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 got a few quotes that we've been using in the marketing since we did the Trick Trickly campaign from people saying that you know it made it, it became a little bit of healthy competition within the office. It got them out. It definitely made them uh, more aware, which is often the clue, more aware of of how much they were walking, or in some cases weren't walking. It was great. It was a really good thing to do. We did it for a bit of fun, um, but I think it's actually produced more of a positive benefit than we we ever imagined. And we will do something along those lines again, coupled with the fact that the flip side to it, of course, were the the trees that were planted and 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 the work it creates in planting those trees. Again, a very positive people and planet. Uh, impact yeah it's it's great when you can do things like that where there's no downside it's all upside yeah that, that's exactly yeah. it there, there was yeah. no downside at so. all as, as far as i can see um, yeah I, well that's great thank you very much for your time phil very much appreciated and for um all of that information and we just echo uh, our encouragement for everyone to focus on esg and uh, and just to start protecting the planet and looking after their people as much as they can. So thank you very much, Phil. What a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.